but I, I want you to I want you to be uh, I want you to stay stay with me today because I really believe that uh, God has has given me a message for our church. I believe it's a message for our city and 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 for our country as well. And we we entitled this series "Indivisible," uh, and I think it's very fitting. How many of you remember? Some of you may not be old enough, but how many of you do remember the showing of hands where every morning when the bell would ring at school and we would stand and place our hand over our heart? How many remember that? Raise your hand. Put your hand down. How many have never done that in school before? Oh, so okay, a few of you, but most most of us have. Where we would, so let me explain it to you. Here's what we would do: we would stand, <laughs> we would place our hand over our heart, and then we would say, "I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America." And to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. That word indivisible really stands out during this time in our nation. Because we do not seem indivisible at all. Matter of fact, we seem very, very divided. And we were a divided country long before this week. And we're still a divided country. Racial tension has divided us from police brutality to rioting in our cities. COVID has divided us. Do I wear a mask? Do I not wear a mask? Do we shut it down? Do we open it up? The election has divided us. Our nation is divided. And even you and your families sitting around the dinner table, you don't bring it up because it divides families. Abraham Lincoln said, a nation divided against itself cannot stand. But you know that Abraham Lincoln was quoting someone even greater than him? He was quoting Jesus, who said that a kingdom divided against itself will fall. So, my question to you and the question that I've asked God is, as a pastor, how do I help a people living in a divided nation? And if we talked about it right now, if we just had you stand with a show of hands of which side you're on, we would be a divided church right now. So how do we operate the way God wants us to operate? Because remember, we're not here because of a nation. We're here because of a kingdom. So how do we help him set up his kingdom in a divided nation? What can bring us together? What is the hope? And some of you are saying, is there even hope? I believe so. And I want to help you today. How many want some help today? Not Take the L out, not help. How many want some help today, right? All right, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians is one of the most incredible books of the Bible. If you want to really understand what God has called us to and who God has called us to be, uh, I'm so excited the Spaldings host a small group, and they're, they're deep into Ephesians. And I've talked to several people uh, from that small group that have said just how amazing that has been. So thank you guys for doing that. Little do you know the Lord was leading you to, to set up this series as well. Ephesians chapter 2. It's in your notes. Get your hand out there. Those of you at home, it will be on the screen. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united the Jews and the Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. Now look at me. Pause right there. All right? You don't have to turn in your Bible. It's right there. Just pause and look up at me. There was never and probably has never been a more divided people than the Jews and the Gentiles. Never. They did, they, there was a complete separation. Both of them thought the other one was completely wrong. There was, they could never come together at all. So as divided as you could be, imagine that. 
Let's continue. He did this. He brought these two together by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. Watch this. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together, as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross, and our hostility toward each other was put to death in his own body on the cross. Maybe you've heard this before, but I want to help. How many know you can know something but not know something? Like, you have an idea, you, you think it's out there, it's kind of this ethereal thing, but I want to help us know something today. So I'm going to set, some of you are going to be set free today. Number one, number one revelation I want you to have is this. You died with Christ on the cross. When Jesus Christ died, you died with him. And you put that into effect by believing in him, his death, burial, and resurrection. When you believe in him, you are dead to your old life and you rise to new life in him. So the old you is completely gone. Come on, is that a revelation that somebody needs to grab hold of today? Look, not just your old sins, the old you. It does not exist anymore. As soon as you put your faith in Jesus Christ, that is enacted in your life. Look at your neighbor and tell him you should be amen and louder right now. That will help some of you. It helps me when I understand that my identity is not in me anymore. It is in Jesus Christ. And not only did you die, but those groups that were divided, we just read it, they were put to death. And their hostility toward each other, the Jews and the Gentiles, the left and the right, the black and the white, the male and the female, gone. It's all gone. It's covered under the blood. And he made one new body in his body, together as one. Galatians, if you want some more uh, study on that, write down Galatians 3, 26 through 28, a powerful passage of Scripture. Everybody say it with me. The body of Christ. Whose body? Christ's body. Now I want you to look at your second favorite neighbor. You already looked at one of them. Look at your second favorite and tell him, I'm sorry I didn't pick you first. All right, just apologize for that. And then I want you, now look, I want you to ask him. This is, you're going to help me preach. Those of you at home, look at whoever's sitting beside you. If you got a cat there, whatever, just look to them. And I want you to help me preach today. All right, you ready? I want you to ask him this question, but where is Christ's body? Some of you didn't look at anybody. Come on, if you got to double up, do it. Ask him, where is Christ's body? Now keep looking at them. Answer them by saying this. You're looking at it. Now pay attention. Come on, class. I just said say one thing. I didn't say have a whole, a whole discourse, okay? I want you to lean in. I want you to get this. Because this is what was a revelation for me the past two, three weeks. The Bible does not say that the church is like the body of Christ. Write this down. It's in your notes. The church is not like the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. It is not a metaphor. It is not an analogy. It's not an example. It's not figurative. We are literally the living, breathing body 
of Christ. Write this down. We are, the body of Christ is the extension and the continuation of Christ on the earth. Have you ever wondered what happened when he ascended into heaven? What happened to his body? It became us. It became you. It became me. Here's what I believe. If we can grab hold of this revelation, the thing that we know, but we really don't know. And if we can start living and acting and loving and believing as if we are the actual body of Christ, it will change everything that we do. Temptations won't be as hard. Sacrifice won't be as hard. Worshiping, you won't have to ask, we won't have to ask you to do it. Giving becomes easy because suddenly we understand who we really are. And when the enemy tries to come to you and mess with you about your mistakes or what you did 10 years ago, you can remind him, you're not talking to the old Ashley anymore. You're talking to the body of Christ, buddy. This side's with me. I'm going to get this side. I'm going to come after y'all in just a minute, okay? Y'all are the soaking it inside, right? You're getting it. Got it. Okay. Kristen always reminds me of that. I want you to, uh, one of my favorite authors is uh, a great Chinese pastor who was imprisoned for, I believe, 50 years and ended up dying. And he was a, an incredible pastor and an author. Uh, Watchman Nee is his name. If you've, if you've never read his books, I would recommend you need to start with the book, The Normal Christian Life. Incredible book. It's not an easy read, but it's, it's life-changing as he breaks down the book of, of Romans. But he said it like this. He said, he goes so far to say that the church or the body of Christ is Christ in a different form. He goes that far to say that I, when I'm looking at you, I'm looking at a part of Christ. Read what Ephesians 1 says. Ephesians 1.22, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. Here we go. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Let me make a statement that's in your notes. You fill in the blanks that I think is going to help encapsulate this for you. Jesus on earth was the body of Christ expressed individually. The church is the body of Christ expressed corporately. Jesus was the body of Christ expressed individually, but the church is the body of Christ expressed corporately. Doesn't it make sense? I've taken on his name. I've been buried with him in baptism. I now have the identity of Jesus Christ over me and I have his spirit in me. What makes you a living, breathing person? You have a body that has a spirit in you. You have the Holy Spirit in you. You have Jesus' identity on you. You and I are literally the body of Christ. The body of Christ is not a doctrine, ladies and gentlemen. It's a reality. It's not just a reality, it's a realm that we live in. That is the body of Christ. And I, I can hear some of you right now, oh, I know, I've heard it. I'm the hands and the feet of Jesus. No, no, it's more than that. You are the body of Christ. You may be an ear. You may be a nose. You can sniff things out when things are going wrong. 
You may be the hands that always wants to serve. You may be the feet that wants to go do missionary work and outreach. You may be the knee. I don't know what you are, but you are part of the body of Christ. And that person sitting beside you, if they've asked Jesus to be their Lord, they're a part of the body of Christ. I don't care who you voted for. I don't care what you believe in. We are the body of Christ. Come on, can I hear a big hills amen? Some horns honking out there. Well, that's the funnest horn I've ever heard in my life. Please do it again. <laughs> yes. Those of you online, you don't know this, but somebody brought a bicycle horn. I love it. <laughs> Romans 12 and 5. Watch this. So we, are you with me? Come on, stay with me now. We're going to laugh, but we've got to come back to class, okay? So we, it's in your notes. So we, though many are one body in Christ. The body of Christ is us. Pat your chest. I am the body of Christ. Me. And write this down. This is important. The body of Christ is indivisible. It is indivisible. Though We, though many, are one body. Nation may divide. Countries may divide. Families may divide. Cities may divide. The body of Christ will never divide. Look at what Jesus prayed. John 17 and 20. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. What does he pray? I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. He's speaking to Father. As you are in me, Father... And I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. Who is he talking to? He was talking to his disciples. But notice what he says. But I'm not just praying for these that are in earshot. I'm also praying for everyone that will hear the message that they preach. Who is that? That's us. Did you know Jesus prayed that we would be one just as the Godhead is one? Write this down. We are the body of Christ and we are one. That's the revelation I want us to get. Number one, we're the body of Christ. And number two, we are one. Through the death of Jesus on the cross, we are one new creation, the body of Christ. Come on, how many of this is some revelation for you today? Yeah, I get it, I know it, but now I really know. Raise your hand, you're getting some, God's illuminating some things to you, all right? So with revelation comes responsibility. So I want to talk for a few minutes about the responsibility. Okay, I've got it. I know that I'm now the body of Christ. That's going to impact the way I live now because I, I, I'm, I'm representing him. So what's that responsibility? It's found in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. What is that new creation? Us, the body of Christ. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Come on, aren't you thankful that Jesus reconciled us to God? Aren't you glad that you didn't have to die on a cross? Aren't you glad you didn't have to be beaten? You and I have been reconciled back to God through Jesus. Now I want you to read the next line. And he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So the ministry that he used on us, reconciling us back to God, now he gives us that same ministry. 
Look at your neighbor and say, you didn't know you were a minister, did you? You are. And watch what happens. Verse 19. The ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Watch this. We are therefore Christ ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So my responsibility of this revelation that I am the body of Christ is that I'm supposed to act like the body of Christ. And Jesus reconciled people to God and I'm to do the same. How do I do that? By not counting people's sins against them. Aren't you glad he didn't count your sins against you? And now he asks you to do the same. Forgive. Well, how many times? Seven? Nah, 70 times seven. And that's just not 490. He was saying infinity. On and on and on. Even if they didn't vote the way you think they should. Even if they don't believe the way you think they should believe. They don't dress the way you dress. They don't act the way you act. You know what they used to do. You know what they did last night. How do I live? How do I reconcile people to God? Forgiving. Loving. Serving. Doing what Jesus did. A moment ago, a moment ago I said revelation. With revelation comes responsibility. And then there becomes a response to that responsibility. So revelation, responsibility, and now What's my response to it? I believe our response should be the church, the body of Christ, doing what God has called us to do. You know, the church is God's plan for reaching the world. Did you know that? The church, the body of Christ, is God's plan for reaching the world. He left his spirit in us and said, go, do it. Go into all the world and teach, making disciples, baptizing them. It is our job to reconcile the world to Christ the ministry of reconciliation. So here's what I want you to do. Y'all know that I'm never great with application. I always ask Kristen to help me. And so we got together this week and we talked about some things that we can do. If you want to write them down, I want you to write them down. Application. How, what do I do with this revelation? Number one, remind yourself daily that you are part of his body. You are the body of Christ. So act like Christ would act. Love like Christ would love. And another great thing is tells you this, you're not in this alone. You're part of the body of Christ. I know you feel isolated and alone at times. You're not. If you are part of the body of Christ, you are not alone. How many needed to hear that right then? You're not by yourself. Number two, do something that his body would do this week. What's something that Jesus would do? He would heal somebody. Find someone that needs healing. Bring healing into their life. Forgive somebody. Help somebody get saved. Do something together as the body of Christ. And number three, be part of reconciling people to him. This week, why don't you share your Jesus story with someone? Share your hill story. Share what God has done in your life through the body of Christ. What has God done in your life through the power of the Holy Spirit? Be a bringer. Bring someone with you next week. Bring someone with you to your small group this week. Be part of reconciling someone back to God because you and I and you and I and you and I 
are the living, breathing body of Christ. Come on, how many receive this word today? You receive it? Those of you at home, thank the Lord. We're going to continue next week with this series. And I'm going to be talking about the members of the body of Christ and, and what we're supposed to be doing and what God has called us to do. But first, I want to pray for you. Would you bow your head? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray today that this word would take root in hearts. I mean, take root. Your, your word tells us that the sower would come and sow the seed. and There was hard ground and it didn't take root. And the birds came and the cares of this life. Lord, I pray that this word would take root because we it's life-changing. We It's changed my life just praying and prepping for this day. And Lord, I know that you want to change lives. You want us being everything you've called us to be and doing everything you've called us to do. So help us grab hold of this revelation today that we are your body. Help us be bold. Help us be strong. Help us know that we're, we're operating under your power and your authority. Help us, God, to move away from old ways of thinking and acting and talking and move into this new creation. And God, help us to forgive. Help us to forgive. Help us to love. I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to give you an opportunity today to be reconciled to God. If your relationship with God is not where it needs to be, either you've never asked him to be your Lord or or maybe you have, but it's it drifted. I want to give you an opportunity to be reconciled to God today through the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ by putting your faith in that. As soon as you say, God, forgive me of my sins. I want to be your child today. At that very moment, that belief enacts the power of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you become a new person. I want to help you today. How do I do it? It's simple. You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth. And the Bible says that he is just and faithful to save you. So I want you to pray this prayer with me. Those of you online, I want you to pray with me right now. Come on, Hills family. Let's pray it together. Just reach your hand up toward heaven and just say this. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for your life. Thank you for your death. And that you allowed me to die with you. Today, I put my trust in you. I'm putting my faith in your death, your burial, and your resurrection. I pray that you would fill me with that life-giving spirit. Cover me with your grace. And starting right now, make me part of your body. I want to live with you forever, beginning right now, in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, Hills family. Take a deep breath and shout amen. Let's honk our horns and celebrate with these folks that just prayed this prayer. Amen.